0: 1st Corinthians in chapter number 12 book of 1st Corinthians chapter number 12 again appreciate your presence like welcome you back to bible study tonight we've been studying on what it is we believe and why it is we believe it i feel like that is a foundation for any type of faith and so uh we've been kind of using the church covenant as a uh as an outline uh we talked about how we are led we talked about what we believe and tonight i want to kind of skip the bulk of the middle of that paragraph, and jump right down to that one body in Christ, as I feel is, is that is a very, very important part of that statement. Uh, everybody longs to be a part of something. It's very important to human nature. People join clubs, people have friends, people come to church, and a lot of times it's out of a, a longing for a sense of belonging, uh, but the church is so much more than that. The church is a little bit deeper than that. The church is it just goes further than that in the book of first corinthians in chapter number 12 here paul kind of explains a little bit of that uh so tonight and then probably for three or four weeks we're going to look at that one body in christ whenever we're baptized why aren't we baptized we, we talked about it being a, a burial of the old man but we're baptized as a resurrection of the new person into body of, body of christ and so whenever we talk about that body of christ we're talking about being baptized into the church and and the body of Christ is more than the members that we have in Harmony. The body of Christ is more than the members of missionary Baptist churches. The body of Christ is more than members of Baptist churches. The body of Christ is a, is a gathering or a conglomeration or a group of like-faith believers that believe in salvation, that is a, a whosoever will, that believes in baptizing into the body of Christ, that, that believes in thus saith the word of God. So whenever we start thinking about the body of Christ, let's never think as uh, the prophet Elijah did. He said, uh, he said, I'm the only one left. Well, we're never the only church left. We're never the only people left that God has chosen, that God has given the opportunity to use. And uh, so we're, we're going to look tonight at a little bit of part of being that body. We're going to begin in verse number 27. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 27. Paul said, Now you are the body of Christ and members... In particular. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity you've given us together. Lord, we thank you for the wonderful day that you blessed us with. All the blessings of life you bestowed upon each and every one of us. Help us so we can be ever thankful, mindful of where our blessings come from. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight as we look into your word. Lord, if we could do so with open hearts. Lord, help us so we can uh, gain a greater understanding of you, God. A greater love for you. A greater love for this church. For being a part of the body of Christ. Lord, forgive us for so we fail you. Thank you most of all for Jesus. In His name, we pray. Amen. Now First Corinthians chapter number 12, verse 27 says that we are the body of Christ. The second part is, is very interesting. You don't see the word particular very often. Between here and First Peter, the Bible tells us that we are supposed to be different. Now, church people dress different than other people, right? For the most part, sometimes. We should. We should. Church people act different than other people, right? Again, we should. We don't always do it. Church people fly off the handle too, right? Church people fuss and throw a fit and cut people off in traffic too. We We shouldn't. But we do. Church people are sinners just like everybody else. Church people sometimes dress just like everybody else. Church people sometimes act just like everybody else. But church people are different people because we are part of something greater. We are part of something different. We are a particular people. Members in particular and whenever we uh whenever we get saved the holy spirit comes as well within us we are pretty solid in that fact right the holy spirit comes to dwell within us along with that comes commissions and we're going to get to that later but along with that comes an opportunity the bible says that we are all gifted some are more special than others i'm sure your mom has told you over and over again that you are special and we understand that some are more special than others in the same way god don't gift everyone the the exact same way Keep reading down verse 28, God has said in some, excuse me, set some in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, government, diversities of tongues. He said everybody has gifts. Verse 29, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. He said, but covet earnestly the best gifts. <laughs> Do we believe that God is still giving gifts to the church members today? A lot of times that's a very, very interesting question. Because we'll condemn other religions for believing in this, that, and the other. We don't want to knock off the gifts that God has given to the members of the church. Now, I'm not saying that that prophesying is is completely and totally here today. Because people have prophesied the end of the world over and over and over again, right? Right? 20, no, yeah, 2000, Y2K, and in 2012, and in 2020, and in the year that we had in 2020, everybody said, it's coming, we don't want to see 2021. But they all come to naught because they weren't of God. A lot of people have gifts that are not of God whenever we look back at at the Pharaoh. Everybody remember Egypt? Pharaoh's magicians turned the water red, didn't they? Pharaoh's magicians turned the staff into a snake. Did this world has power too? The the prince and the power of the air has power too. But Moses, the snake ate them. Magicians and wizards could interpret dreams. We read several times back in the Old Testament. Read of the woman in the New Testament that was used for prophet. She was possessed. She had gifts. These things are not of God. Yet all the time we'll. We'll look at these things, and we'll say, "Well, that person was lucky." Well, that person is different. Well, why do we not view ourselves as being gifted people? We are part of the church. God said He granted this to the members of the church. The members, in particular, God had set some in the church with these gifts. But a lot of times, I have two brothers. They don't earn. Three of us look anything alike. Not at all. It's a wonder we're brothers at all. I got a middle one that everybody says he's adopted. He's blonde-headed. All the rest of us got black hair. He's blonde-headed. And his receding hairline goes back to right about here. He's short. He's skinny. Me and Trey's both tall. We're just different. And we come from the same two people. I don't think any of us is adopted. If we are they ain't dropped that bomb on us yet. We come from the same people. We come from the same body. Yet we are all different. We are gifted in different ways. My middle brother, the blind when I was telling you about, he has what I think is a photographic memory. He can remember absolutely anything that he reads. If he sees it, he's got it forever. and it's, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. If he sees it, he's got it. We all have different gifts. Though we come from the same place. As church members, we all have different gifts and those gifts all come from the same place. You ever heard a man of God preach... And you, you you just knew that he had a gift to teach. There are a lot of a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors, a lot of evangelists that are gifted teachers. God has blessed them with that gift. There are a lot of pastors that are and preachers and evangelists that are gifted preachers. Hellfire and brimstone salvation. And they, they can bring it out in different ways. In the same way with teachers. They, they teach things differently that it's, it's, it's... You can tell it's different. Does the world see us as different? Or does it see us as just another person? Another cog in the wheel? Paul said that we are members in particular. He said to covet earnestly the best gifts. Flip over if you would. the book of Ephesians in chapter number 4. Keep your Bibles open. We're going to do a little bit of flip-flopping tonight. Several scriptures I want to get to. Book of Ephesians in chapter number 4. Verse number 12. Here in the book of Ephesians, Paul is talking to the saints, which are Ephesus. Paul is talking to the church. He's talking to saved people. He's not talking to... Unlearned. He's not talking to lost people. He is talking to saved people. And so here he says what the purpose is, verse number 12, for the perfecting of the saints. Right above this, he's talking about spiritual gifts. He says, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called in verse number 1. The vocation wherewith we are called. As Christians, what vocation wherewith are we called? What is our purpose in life? Verse 12 says is, is for the perfecting of the saints. In order for us to be perfect, what do we have to do? If my mama was to call me perfect, what do I have to do to earn that? Be perfect. Be perfect. What does that consist of? If you have a kid that is perfect, what do they always do? You say jump, they say. ha <laughs> You say take out the trash, they take out the trash. They do it without you asking. What does it mean to be perfect? always do right, to never do wrong to obey to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called in order for the saints to be perfect we have to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, what, are we, what did Jesus come to this earth to do? to seek and to save sinners to spread the gospel of the world uh, the, the, the word, to take this bible to the uttermost parts of the earth that is the vocation wherewith we are called, for the further of the kingdom of God and if we're to walk worthy of this, verse number 11, He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Here we go again with that body of Christ. What does the word edify mean? Anybody? English majors? Anybody that knows what it means? What does the word edify mean? It has nothing to do with eating. Edify, to build up, to encourage, to support, why is it we come to church? It's not to play games. It's it's not to jump on a bouncy house, it's not to play cornhole. It's not to sing wonderful songs for our benefit. We come to church to worship God and to be fed spiritually. To commune with God. To be filled with the spirit, to encourage one another, to be supported by one another for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, part of the church, is ministry. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Unto the measure of the stature, of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine, and sleight of men, and cunning craftiness, they lie in wait. Excuse me, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. I got a real good friend of mine that has almost been every religion that there is. He hadn't yet. He hadn't converted to Catholicism. But he's been a Baptist. He's been a Methodist. He's been a Southern Baptist. He's been an Independent Baptist. He's been a Presbyterian. He's jumped. Every time something sounds good, he's been a Calvinist. Every time something sounds good, he heads that direction. The Bible says that we are to be solid in our faith. That we are to be rooted and grounded in our faith. That we are to stand upon that solid rock. Whenever Jesus said that Peter is that rock that he's going to build his church on, he was not talking about Peter the man. Peter could not have supported a building. He was talking about the faith of Peter. He said upon this rock, not the man, the faith. That faith has to be rooted and grounded somewhere. That faith has to, be, uh, has to have a foundation somewhere so that we are not children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Here we go. But speaking the truth in love may grow up to him in all things, which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by which every joint supply, according to the effectual working of the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now that word at term fitly joined together, is how a church should run. The book of Acts, and the writer Luke, I guess he may have liked this term, or at least God did, and it fits it perfectly. Over and over and over again, he uses the term to be of one accord. How many churches today do you see uh, within 10 miles of here? Both hands. There There's several of them. Why are there so many churches? Why does one church make two? Why? Because people are crazy. Why do churches split up so much? It happens a lot. It's happened recently. It's It's, it's crazy. But people can't agree. Has the Bible changed? That church split still uses the same Bible. So what has changed? What, what, What is not right? People are not of one accord. Anybody knows what compromise is? Anybody? If you've been married a little while, you probably do. Otherwise, you don't really like each other much. Sometimes you have to compromise. I want blue. She wants red. We get red. That's compromise true story that is a compromise everybody is not going to agree on every facet of the scripture the bible is not for our own interpretation but for the interpretation of the holy spirit that dwells within us again going back to that having been led and so each and every person and I promise you each and every person in this building somewhere or another is going to disagree with one other person in this building on some aspect of this Bible. Just because that is human nature. Anybody ever argued with a dictionary? Anybody ever played Scrabble? If you have, then you've argued with a dictionary because Q-I ain't no word. Dictionary says it is, but it ain't. Q-I isn't a word. Ain't is a word. But you can't tell the dictionary that. People are prone to argue, to, to, to find fault to look for differences. But whenever you talk about the perfecting of the saints, the edifying of one another, at no point in time does Paul or Luke or any other of the gospel writers say that you ought to just chew down somebody for not agreeing with your opinion. The Bible don't say that. The Bible does not say at any point in time we should jump down somebody's throat because they did something, wore something, said something, felt something that we did not agree with. The Bible says to encourage one another. The Bible says to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. The Bible says over and over again to edify, to exhort, to support one another. And that is one of the missions of the church and throughout the next couple of weeks we're going to go over several of those. But one is to encourage its members. You know that's just not just the pastor's job. That's not just the deacons' job. That's not just the Sunday school teachers or discovery teachers. It's everybody's job. Sometimes your son's school teachers need support too. Sometimes the deacons need a little encouragement too. Sometimes it just takes a hug for one of your members. <coughs> Tell somebody you love them. Show them that, that you're there for them. It goes a long way. And that's edifying the members of Christ. That is being of one accord. Anybody remember back studying history and I... History is not my subject. I don't particularly like it. But whenever there was a treaty, any kind of treaty ever, what's one thing that is almost always required for a treaty? You have to find something that's also required for a relationship, but I didn't want to go there. What is required for a relationship? If you've got a positive and a negative, can they meet? Ain't going to happen. You can't hardly push two magnets together if one is a negative and the other is a negative. They have to have common ground. All treaties require some sort of common ground. We call that peace. When we reach an understanding. When we reach a point that that we can agree on this. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Why? Because those two enemies have common ground. For the church to have continuity, the church has to be of one accord. And I'm not saying that that we won't have differences of opinions. (laughs) I've seen a church conference get really heated over the color of paint on the walls. And to this day, if I walk in that building, it looks pink. To me, it looks pink. To the women, it looks like some kind of funky white. But to me, it looks pink. We're trying to get the school painted. Inside of it looks like gray. Turns out there's about 60 different kinds of gray. And these four women in the front, and one man, whose opinion didn't matter, that's me. These four women in the front got into a screaming, hollering fight about what color they wanted it to be. All four colors were gray. They could not find common ground. They could not find what of cord. And what happens whenever two people fuss and fight and argue? They get mad at each other. They get upset. Can anything be done when the... Uh, it, I used a term I heard the other day, not a week ago. If you're in a rowboat with three other people and all three of you is arguing, is the boat going anywhere? It ain't moving. If three of you are in a rowboat, everybody's wanting to row a different direction, and you're arguing about it, the boat ain't moving. Progress cannot be happening if there's not one accord. If we are not fitly joined together. That term is written by Paul at least three times in the New Testament. Fitly joined joined together. That, that, that means that it's it's tight. There's not a lot of air in there. Well, I was using impact wrench today and it, it kind of shattered on me. I had a, a metric nut and a standard socket that went on it. That don't go well. If you've never used one before, it'll kind of chew the ends off of that bolt right before it strips it out completely. And it did. And then it shattered my socket. It didn't work. It was not fitted right. It was not tight enough. There was, there was still space in there. There was still there was still argument. There was still people not getting along. There was still room in there for confusion, for dissension. The reason we have so many churches is because people couldn't get along and they split up. Good people, great people, wonderful people. The Bible says to be of one accord in the church. For, uh, excuse me, perfectly fitted together. If you want to continue reading, chapter number four, verse down. About verse number 22, if you go all the way down through the end of the chapter from verse 22, it tells you how to be perfectly fitted together. But we're going to flip over to the book of Colossians in chapter number 3. If you're following along the book of Colossians in chapter number 3. After salvation, we join the church. Verse number 10 says we have put on the new man, renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Jump down to verse number 16, Colossians chapter number 3. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word and deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. He's writing this to the saints. Again, the book of Colossians. In chapter number 1, Paul is writing to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ. So he's writing to them and he's saying, let the word of Christ dwell in you. What is the secret to a good relationship? I'm going to say God. People say love, communication, whatever it may be. What is the secret to a good Christian relationship with God? I believe a lot of it starts right here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then it gives a command. Teaching, admonishing one another. What does admonishing mean? That means everybody's got homework. Look up admonishing. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Not singing to let everybody know how good I sing. Not singing to let everybody know how loud I can sing. Not singing to let you know how good I sound upside this other person. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord for His honor, for His glory, for His worship. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Turn over to the first number of uh, excuse me, First Peter, if you would. Book of First Peter, chapter number two. We're going to begin in verse number 9. Peter says that we are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. If we are, this does not say that we are two chosen generations. It does not say that we are several different peculiar groups of people. Because we are peculiar people. We do like things our way. We do like things my way. We do like not to change, right? If I could wear the same pair of pants and the same shirt all day, every day, I would to quit from having to match things up. If I could, I would do it. I can't. Compromise. You understand. We are peculiar people. But Peter's not saying that in that way. To be a peculiar people is to be picky. To be picky is to use the right Bible. To be picky is to try the spirits. To be picky is to point out, to call out false doctrine. To be picky is to dwell in thus saith the word of God. We are a peculiar people. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. Everything that he uses here is talking about plural, people, multiple, but it's one group. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar People. So whenever we start talking amongst ourselves and, and, and churches start getting a little bit of friction going on there, it's, 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 it's one body fighting against itself. It's like me getting mad at my foot and stomping on it with the other foot. It ain't doing me any good. I'm hurting the body. That's what happens whenever churches don't admonish and edify and don't teach and exhort and don't encourage and support one another. It's like one foot stomping on the other. At the end of the day, you're still not going to walk. Rather than helping out. Anybody ever hurt your foot and had to use a cane? Or hurt your back and had to use a cane? That was my situation. I had to use a cane when I hurt my back. My, my right leg didn't really work well. And if my arm would have quit working on me, I'd have fell over. Because I put a lot of weight on my right arm and that cane. Sometimes our, our back needs a little support. Sometimes our other members need a little support. Sometimes our other churches, which is all still the part of the the body of one body of Christ, still part of one body of Christ. Sometimes our other churches need a little bit of support. Sometimes our other brothers need a little bit of support. Sometimes, Sometimes we need a little support. And it can't always come from me. Sometimes the arm has to help the back. Sometimes the ear has to help the eye. Anybody in here deer hunters? If you put earmuffs on your ears, you stopped them up where you couldn't hear anything. Would that hinder your deer hunting? It wouldn't mine because I doze off from every now and then. If I don't hear a twig snapping, I, I fall asleep. I do a lot of listening. What about with your eyes? What if you covered up your eyes and you only listen for deer and, and you couldn't see them? You just listened for them. deer. Are quiet squirrels ain't, but deer are. And they slip through there without you seeing them if you don't have your eyes open. One can't dwell without the other. And just like every member, every part, every person must support each other. We all are equally important. It says that you should show forth the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Flip over, if you would, to 1 Thessalonians. In chapter number 5. Book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. You're going to read one verse and then we're going back to 1 Corinthians. Paul here is closing out this letter right here at the end. Verse 11 he says, Wherefore comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. comfort yourselves, that next word, together. Anybody ever having a bad day? Do you come to church and everything gets a little brighter? Feel a little better? Things are hard even when you're in church, aren't they? But it's a little bit easier knowing you're with people that love you. Knowing you're with people that are praying for you. Knowing you're with people that can reach the throne of grace for you, with you. Comfort one another together. A pity party will only get you so far. Being by yourself will only get you so far. Edify one another, even as also ye do. Back to 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12, and we're going to close. We began down in verse 27. We're going to jump back up to verse number 12 now. For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that body, being many, are one body also, is Christ. Many members making up one body. Many members in many churches across this world. Many members in many jungles across this world. I talked to my cousin today. She's part of a mission down in Honduras. Expanding borders. And they they do schools and have a feeding program and just try to help people out. And in, in the process, they introduce them to the Word of God. And whenever they first started going down there, she went to Honduras and Guatemala over and over again. She's had a heart permissions all the time I've known her. She said they didn't have churches. They had people that met and they met in people's homes. They would go throughout other people's homes. As I understand it, the, the Amish up there in, in Tennessee, they, they don't have a real big church they meet. They go around in different people's homes. There's not a, a set building that is the church, but there is a people. That is the church in the jungles, in the desert, in in the field, in the pasture, in the buildings, in the parking lot, whatever it may be. There is a gathering of people that makes up the church and that church is one body of Christ. Being many, verse 12, are one body. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free and have been made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member... But many. If the foot shall say because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? I think Paul is being sarcastic and very, very truthful all at the same time. If the ear shall say because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body, as it hath pleased him. In the same way he did our physical bodies, who work great, by the way. I have a, a couple of problems every now and then, as do most people. But for the most part, our bodies work really well. As does the body of Christ whenever it works together as one body. Whenever things happen as one body. Whenever we encourage each other as one body. We're all part of the church. We're all part of the body of Christ if there's ever friction among us and the the Bible goes into that several different places it's not something that we need to dwell on it's not something that we need to hold on to anybody here sinless anybody here never messed up we all do it admit it (coughs) ask forgiveness straighten it out and move on Bury the hatchet and move on. If we are not fitly going to go start over. If we are not fitly joined together as a church, we are in trouble. If we are not in one accord as a body of Christ, we are in trouble. If we are not functioning as one body in the body of Christ, we are in trouble. And as the church's missions includes the two commissions in Acts and in Matthew. To go and to teach and to preach and to spread the gospel and to spread the word. All that begins in here. All that begins in the body of Christ. All that begins as each and every member has a part to play. Has a role to play. Has a gift given from God. To encourage, to exhort, to teach, to preach. To love, to smile, to hug, to play, to sing, to lead. Whatever it may be. We all have a role to fill. We all have a place to be. With the help of God, we can fulfill that. With the help of God, we can achieve that. With the help of God, we can be of one accord. I will have a verse for a song.